This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, we're talking with Lisa Kaler and how she lost 117 pounds. She's going to share five tips to success. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to deny it. Thin. Won't tell you lies. Thin. I want smaller thighs. Thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to exercise. Hey, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, I am not a doctor, I'm not a trainer. In theory, I'm here for entertainment purposes only. And that's the whole legal thing. You know how that goes. But I am trying to lose weight. It's been a little bit since we talked. Back on October 20th, I was clocking in at 234.6. And today, as I record this on November 12th, I am down to 233.04. So that's about a pound and a half. I will take that. And here's the thing. We talked in the last episode that I started like actually documenting how I feel when I eat something. So for some reason, you know, I see McDonald's on TV. It looks so good. And when I eat a Big Mac about 10, 15 minutes later, I'm just walking around the house going, and that's kind of old. And so the other thing that I think we forget, and I've said this before, I never feel bad getting off a treadmill getting off an exercise bike, walking in the door after walking around the neighborhood. I never go, oh, that was the world's worst exercise. Now, there are days when I go, "Ah, I could have probably, I kind of mailed that one in, but I'm still proud that I got up and did it or I I didn't do. For me, I know, again, kind of paying attention to what goes on. If I say, oh, I will exercise right after I get on the computer. When I'm done on the computer, I'll do the exercise. No. That, that just, I've learned that's a lie that I tell myself. So I'm happy that I'm down a little bit. And uh, we've been having fun at the uh, Logical Losers accountability group, uh, sharing ideas and what's working and what's not. And I think that's the other thing. I just, and maybe for me, maybe lose, and it sounds weird because I, I know, look, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Then we got Christmas and cookies and things like that. There are some things I do. I'm getting the itch to cook more. And I guess because I'm stuck inside. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But uh, that's the way in for now. I'm down a pound and a half. And part of that is, again, I started exercising in the morning. I got up. I dragged myself out of bed. And 
started, I, I like my exercise bike. I have a, an iFit from uh, Nordic Track. And uh, it's not fun, by the way, because at this point, I had not ridden my exercise bike in probably a month. And so you kind of, you know, dust yourself off, pick yourself up. And I'm not riding as strong as I used to because, well, you know, that whole little vacation you took from. But that's okay. You got to start someplace. And by doing that, and and look, I am not a fan of exercising in the morning. I just know I do feel better when I get off that bike. And somehow it's setting the precedent. It's like drawing the line in the sand. They're like, okay, this is going to be a healthy day because I just, you know, lost some sleep although I am going to bed earlier and I've done this. I've started the day in the right direction. First thing out of bed, get up, drink some water. And I have my exercise clothes out. I get on that thing from there. I get in the shower. When I come out of the shower, I'm like, okay, it was a good way to start the day. So that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. I've got Lisa Kaler on the show today and Lisa and I are working together and uh, I found her blog. It's got some really great stuff on it. You can go over to bigfatskinnydish.com. It's a great blog. And the thing I love about Lisa is she is a real person. She's, you know, she's been there. She's done that. In fact, when we come back from the break, wait till you hear how many diets she has tried. And she's also going to share what worked for her to finally get the weight coming off. When it comes to food tracking, there's a new name in town, and that is Chronometer. It's a great app that gives you tons of stats, and their database is a whole lot more accurate than things like MyFitnessPal. Oh, and it's cheaper. One of my favorite things is if I have a food that's not in the database, I simply scan the label, and the software inputs the information for you. You can check out Chronometer by going to LogicalLoss.com slash food tracking. That's LogicalLoss.com slash food tracking. Have you checked out the Logical Weight Loss Resources section? We have things like calorie trackers, breath analyzers, water reminders, weight loss challenges, scales, fitness trackers, habit reinforcement, mental health, weight training. If you have sore muscles, we've got resources for that. Some of my favorite books, our favorite supplements, it's all there. Go over to LogicalLoss.com slash resources. What if you took the accountability of Weight Watchers and combined it with the support of a like-minded community and the spark of a weight loss challenge? Well, you can find out at monthlychallenge.fit. The next challenge starts on the 1st. Use the coupon code NOW100 to get your first month free. Go to monthlychallenge.fit. She's coming on the show. She lost 117 pounds. And when I heard that, I was like, that's impressive. I've probably lost more than that, but I've also gained more than that. That's the problem. My net is not uh, in the negative. You can find her website at bigfatskinnydish.com. Lisa Kaler, thanks for coming on the show. Well, hey, Dave, thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story. It's very exciting to be able to inspire and encourage others. It's definitely a humbling experience to be in a place 
where I feel comfortable to talk about my body and the struggles that I've been through over the past 30 years trying to get to where I wanted to be. That's one of the things I wanted to, to talk about. We're going to talk about five rules for success today. But the one thing you just mentioned that we're talking about how much weight you lost and such. And you said that it's taken you more or less 30 years. And I think that's one of the, I think a key ingredient is like being realistic. I, I forget where I was at some supermarket somewhere. And it was like, you know, lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes or something <laughs> stupid like that. Yeah. I was like, that is a not healthy and B not realistic. As you're going through that time, were you like me where you're just yo-yoing or what was, uh, what was your, your path like over those years? So I'm going to tell you, I am a recovering dieter. That's, that's what I refer to myself as. I spent the majority of my adult life hating my body. I hit the 200 pound mark at the age of 19. Mm. And that's pretty much where I lived my entire adult life. I've tried every single diet, every single fad, every pill, magic potion, fairy dust, wrap. <laughs> you sit in a steam room, sweat it out. You name yeah. it. I have done it. And so I know listening to your podcast, I know that you have been there, done that, you know, Atkins, keto, count your macros, do this, not that, eat this, not that. Health has become very subjective. I mean, I've even done the grapefruit diet. Nice. That goes back a ways. Yeah. Trim spa. I mean, I'm, I'm aging myself, <laughs> but trim the stuff that killed people, you know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. It was going to make me skinny and I lost yeah. weight doing it. Green tea extract, um, yeah. apple cider vinegar. Oh, everybody's favorite. Mm -hmm. So it's like a shot. <laughs> slim fast, not fast, yeah. not slim. No, but it was so, yummy. Yeah. Yeah. And so guess those. what happened? Yeah. Over the years, I kept packing on the pounds. Mm. That's what happens. And I always weighed more at the start than when I did when I started. So mm. I was starting over every year. I'm telling you, I think. I, on average, I started to lose weight at least six to eight times a year. Mm. Every year. Yeah. So I was tipping the scales January of 2020. I tipped the scales at 285. Now, to give everyone a frame of reference, I am five foot one. Wow. So 285 looks a little different on somebody five one than yeah. say someone so, six five. Yeah. Another fun fact. I was as round as I was tall. So 61 inches around 61 inches tall. Like, are you familiar with a weeble wobble? Yes. Pretty much. That's, or SpongeBob. Take your or pick. That, yeah, a bowl. My, my husband said maybe a bowling ball, you know, yeah. but you, and again, I laugh and I chuckle. Um, it is how I got through. I made fun of myself, which we'll get into a little later when I go over the, the five ingredients yeah. to, to success. It's the foundation of the program. I've talked to countless women who have struggled with everything. And the five rules that you alluded to, yeah, most of us only incorporate one or two of them throughout the tries that we make at yes. Successful Weight Loss. Guilty and, as charged. You know, and so... I'm excited to share that with you because I do think that not just in weight loss, but in life, mm. these are foundational in transforming your life because they did mine. They truly did. Well, the first one is you said it's consistency, not intensity. Yes. Which is, is interesting because we all think, you know, we, do, we get on a, whatever it is like January 1st rolls around and we're like, <laughs> oh, that's it. This is the year. 
And I'm guilty of this so many times. I'll be like, well, I started and then I hurt my back because I'm <laughs> doing way more than I should. And we right. just, we go crazy. Right. So consistency. So consistency, not intensity. I picked this concept up from Simon Sinek. He is an inspirational speaker, kind of a business guru. And he talks about, and I like, he uses an example that you don't get in shape by going to the gym one day for nine hours. Like what's going to happen when you come home from there? You're going to get in front of the mirror and you're going to be like, all right, here I am. <laughs> Nothing. You're, you're going to be like, hey, what happened? Uh, you don't get in shape that way. You get in shape by going to the gym every day for 20 minutes and working out. And you get, that's how you get in shape. It's the consistency, not the intensity. And it's why weight loss challenges don't work. Because in January, what does every single office do? The biggest loser challenge, right? (laughs) You're going to win a pot of money and damn it, you're going to beat the rest of the crew. Yeah. And you're going to walk away with the prize. But what happens when you win the prize? You're going out for beer with your buddies (laughs) and you're going to have wings and pizza and beer and that intensity that you took action on is gone. Yeah. So the what the why has changed. You've, you've gone from I wanted to win to like okay, well, now what? Right. So my philosophy is that you marry yourself to the process, not to the results. Mm. So if you're married to the process, you're celebrating the wins, you're in it to win it. Period. You're it's not all or nothing. You're not focused on the result because anybody who gets on the scale every single day, how did I gain two pounds overnight? Oh my God, I didn't eat anything yesterday. I'm starving and I'm still gaining weight. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I can say this laughing because that's where I've been. And there's nothing you could tell me that would surprise me. I've been there, done that. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you mentioned things like the grapefruit diet and things like that. I have tried kale. Not a fan. I've tried it a lot. I keep thinking it's so healthy. I hear so many good things. And I know, I think in my last episode, I talked about whatever you're doing, it has to be something that is still healthy, but something that you would actually do. Yes. Yes. Because you know what? Here's another thing. If you can't sustain it, you won't maintain it. Yeah. And so everybody walks around because there's a cliche that I used to grab this and walk around with it like a banner. I'm not on a diet. It's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Oh, can you just please? It doesn't <laughs> matter if it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that you can live. Do you love it? Yeah. Because if you don't, guess what? It's a diet. So, yeah. again, to stay consistent, you have to find something you enjoy or at least can tolerate and sustain for a lifetime. So, it's all part of consistency. Building what I did was build a plan that I fit into the life I wanted to live. So as I did this, I built a life that I enjoyed living. I had pizza every Friday night. I still lost 117 pounds because I didn't eat the whole pizza because I didn't (laughs) binge on the pizza. Right. Because I didn't have a Big Mac and chicken nuggets before the pizza. And again, that's not an embellishment. So changing those habits and doing it consistently one thing at a time is what made the difference. So consistency for me, it was starting with one thing, like the minimum, the minimum smallest thing that was pleasurable that I knew I could stick to. Because if it's too hard, are you going to stick with it? 
Yeah. Well, that's it. And then what's great about picking that smallest item is you're already in a very small amount, but it's working. You're getting that momentum going in the right direction. Right. I always kind of joke about how when you do the wrong thing, you're practicing and you're getting really good at doing the wrong right. thing. Right. <laughs> right. You know? And it's funny because that's where marrying yourself to the process pays off. Because even along the journey, I early on um, in my in my weight loss, I think I was down about 50 pounds. I did a segment about only adding up. So many times I'd hear people, oh, I only lost two pounds this week. Okay. So how many have you lost total? Well, 42. How about you put two pounds in a backpack and walk around your kitchen for an hour, put it down and then tell me only. Only adds up to three, to four, to five, to six. And we tend to do that the other way too. I only had a few bites of a cookie 17 times today. (laughs) right i mean i only we don't hold ourselves accountable for the good or the bad we don't congratulate ourselves and celebrate our wins the same way we focus on our issues and our problems and the things we've done wrong we are very much trying to solve the problem instead of finding a solution right but i'm going to say that again okay because i said it wrong (laughs) okay We are focusing on the problem, not finding a solution. Mm. So what we're doing, we have a big hole in the boat. It's taking in water. Instead of patching the hole, we're trying to bail out the water. Or we're going to get exhausted with that. Right. We're, we're fixing the symptom and not treating the disease, basically. Yeah, yeah. All right. So number one is, again, consistency, not intensity. And number two is self-love or or self-care. So tell us a little bit about that. So don't worry. I'm not going to go all woo-woo and hippy-dippy on you. I'm not going to start meditating and humming. Uh, Excellent. Maybe I will, uh, because there is something to conscious breathing in how we respond to stress. So again, not getting all woo-woo yet, but For me, self-love and self-care was very much lacking. I had told myself so many lies over the years and I truly had to reprogram my brain. I, again, I'm like a self-help book worm. You know, I think I have shelves and shelves of self-help. And I mean, I have been told that those who have the most self-help books are probably the people who don't need them. I would beg to differ, but (laughs) that's a whole nother show. So everything I know, I've learned from someone else, but I lacked information implementation. So I thought I was taking care of myself by gathering information. The problem is that knowing isn't doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's something I tell my kids all the time, you know, do the dishes. I know. Well, if you knew they'd be done. So I am, I suffer from something called infobesity. Okay. I know how to love. I gather and I gather, but I implement nothing. Mm. And then I pat myself on the back for doing the work, not getting the results. Mm. I'm doing the, I'm actually, I'm not even doing the work. So let me dial that back. You're doing the work of getting the knowledge. Yeah. I'm gathering. Look at all this stuff. I'm so productive today. I know how to love myself. But then I start reading another book. Yeah. And I don't put anything to action. So we get. We know how to love ourselves, but it's very difficult because we have been taught from very young, don't brag, you know? So 
sharing that we're proud of ourselves feels unnatural. And so that was something I had to learn over again. Taking care of yourself is not selfish. It is selfless. And I'm going to tell you why, because you can't take a, take care of anyone else effectively if you're not in good health. Absolutely. And I learned that the hard way. I have two autoimmune disorders. I had some heart issues and I still wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. Most of the time I felt awful every day, dragging myself through the day, thinking it's not the weight. It can't be the weight. It's because I have autoimmune disorder that I feel like this. It's not the weight. So it was just an excuse. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm still going to have the illness. And so I learned very quickly that you're either moving towards wellness or you are moving towards illness. You're never really just standing still. No, because if you stand still, there's this thing called aging that makes you go backwards. Yes. And so it's you got to keep moving forward. Otherwise, you just get lost. And so I learned that hating my body would not change it. It would absolutely Mm. not change it. Not even close. But loving your body will. It will. Because it's. Yeah. Well, for me, I always think it's funny how, you know, we could lose five pounds and we'll be, you know, we get ecstatic. We're like, all right, cool. Five pounds. But the minute we do something, you know, that, that makes us go a little bit backwards, boy, that voice in our head is right there to let us know. And the negative things we say to ourselves Mm-hmm. is we wouldn't say to a normal person, you know, another person, and, and, but yet we just, it's on loop and repeat in our head. Yeah. So, so I, I started talking to myself the way I wanted others to talk to me. Not that they didn't, but I taught people how to treat me. Yeah. I made myself the joke of the room so that somebody else didn't. I wanted to make sure people knew that I knew I was fat. Mm. Beat them to the punch, basically. Yeah. Not that they would. Nobody was right. ever overtly that cruel to me, but I would never say half of the things that I said to myself to a friend. Mm. So I had to become my own best friend. I am not crazy. Okay. I would, mm. but my, I was my own best friend. Sometimes sure. you need to talk to yourself. In my case, I needed expert advice. So I would have a little conversation with myself. Lisa, what's that you just said? And myself would say, uh, you're fat. And my other self would say, yeah, I am. But you know what I'm doing to solve that problem? I appreciate that you're trying to help me by letting me know that I am heavy and I might hurt myself doing this, but I'm going to try it anyway. How about that? I'll check it with you later. Because I realized that even when that critter brain, I call it the little critter brain in Mm -hmm. my head, is telling me you can't do that. It's not coming from a place of malice. It's coming from a place of, I want to protect you. That's going to hurt you. That's change. I don't want to change. We can't change. Change is too hard. So when I look at it in that frame, that it's not the mean girl, because I used to call it the mean girl and it's really not. It's the person who's always been trying to protect me my whole life and had no better solution other than telling me to play small, take myself out of it. Yeah. That's it. It's out of fear in a way. It is fear. Yeah. Fear and change are two things that, you know, as soon as the, I forget, uh, I think it's Mel Robbins, the five second rule person. She says, 
And she says, your brain, like, if it sees anything new, it's like, oh, hold on. We're not doing that. I don't know what that is. So we're going to, we're going to stay over here where it's, it's safe. So, well, that's awesome. So you, you reprogrammed your brain. And I read Mel Robbins, the high five habit. Okay. So that's her, that's the second book where you high five yourself in the mirror when you start self-talk. So yes, I love Mel Robbins. Five, four, three, two, one, get off your butt. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Well, so how do you then keep that going? Where do you get the, you know, some people call it motivation. I think you're calling it discipline. You know, how do you keep it going? Well, it's funny you say that because I'm going to get to that in a second. But with self-talk, I do want to say that we tell ourselves a lot of lies. And I want to tell you the biggest lie that I've told myself. And I guarantee you a lot of people out there, they've tried so many times and they are saying it's too late. Mm. So I just want to give you a little piece of encouragement. The founders of McDonald's and Home Depot were both in their 50s. Wow. So I'm just going to leave that out there. Yeah. That unless you're dead, it's not too late (laughs) to do something better for yourself. So that's where I'm going to kind of leave the self-care and self-love. Yeah. Never too late. And I'm with you with the woo-woo stuff. I have an app that has affirmations in it where you actually record your own affirmations and listen to you. And it's one of those things that I just read it over and over that I was finally like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And I'm with you. I, uh, I listen to those. I start off for the day and uh, anytime I start to backslide, I'm like, okay, what have I, what am I not doing that I wasn't doing when things were working? I'm like, oh, I'm not listening to my affirmations anymore. So I, it's, I know it feels woo woo and I know it's like, but I'm just here to tell you they definitely help. So it's, it's like you said, you're reprogramming your brain and you've had year in some cases yourself and in some cases, other people, which is always helpful when they say negative things to you. So it's a way to reprogram your brain so that uh, that's really half the battle. I think half the time is, is getting your brain going. So it is. It's I put my affirmations on sticky notes up on my bathroom mirror. So every morning it's the first thing I see. And so if you feel weird saying it out loud, write it down. Uh, mm. But make sure that you're filling your cup with the good stuff and you are the one person that you need words of affirmation from don't look for it outside because you won't get it until you're giving it to yourself. You're teaching people how to treat you and what's acceptable. So if you're not treating yourself with respect, don't expect anyone else to. All right, let's move on to number three. Number three is discipline. So Abraham Lincoln said that discipline is choosing between what you want most and what you want now. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch, huh? That, that that Abe guy was pretty smart. I think so. Few, who is he? Who is Abe Lincoln who? Yeah. <laughs> so, but seriously, think about that. Like in the world we live in, especially with COVID, instant mm. gratification, push a button, it's on your doorstep. We That's want it. it now. That's the problem with weight loss industry and the health industry. You can be skinny, drink this, and the felt melt, melt the fat will melt off of you yeah. in ten what do you say, ten minutes? Yeah. Ten pounds in ten minutes. Right. I you lost don't have to <laughs> <laughs> It's always like you don't have to change the way you eat or exercise. Right. right. Keep sitting on the couch and drop pounds. Wait, right. wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. And that's what I want to say. That the one thing I want to be clear about. You have to change. So when I talk about finding and building a life that you enjoy. I'm not talking about the one you're living now. 
So there it changes necessary. So I want to make sure that nobody misunderstands that you don't really have to change. You can build the life you want and still lose the weight. I made significant changes, substantial changes. Um, but if you make them, your whole world's going to change. Like, and I'm, I'm not just talking about your physical appearance because there's a lot more. I gained more than I've lost through this journey. And I just, so anybody who thinks that I'm saying build a life you love, you don't really have to, you know, you can still, I still ate pizza, but I changed how I ate it. I changed how much of it I ate. I ate salad with it. I cut a piece in half, you know, so you do have to change. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause there are some people that like build a life I love. I like wings. I like beer. I like, you know, <laughs> okay, let's back up. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we just pick one thing you're not going to eat, you know? Right. That's it. So, so discipline for me, discipline is really important because we all talk about inspiration. We all talk about motivation and we think that's what drives us. For me, inspiration is a spark. You don't light the fire and put action behind inspiration. It's gone. It's fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's momentary. You can't count on motivation. That's a feeling. Okay, so you might watch a workout video, which, okay, when I say watch a workout video, if you're not doing the workout video, yeah. then you're like me and we'd get along because I watch every workout video before I do it just to assess how much I'll right. sweat because I don't like to exercise. But then I get motivated to do it. But you know how long that motivation lasts? About four seconds into the video. Yeah. When the motivation's gone, what do you do? What do you fall back on? Discipline. Discipline mm. is learned. It is a habit. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is a habit. It is how we get to the goal. It is a habit. We it's how we keep going. When inspiration fails, when motivation fails, we have discipline. Why are you doing this? I don't want to because I'm disciplined to do it. So for me, the best, I suck at math. Ask my husband, you start talking numbers, the eyes roll back in the head, smoke start. I mean, it's a bad scene. Eyes yeah. glaze over. But the best math you can learn is calculating the future cost of your current decisions. Mm. For me, that's discipline. If I, don't, if I don't do this today, it can spill into tomorrow. If I don't do it tomorrow, it can spill into the next day. For me, building discipline as a habit deciding I want to be a healthy person and then acting like one. Even on the days I don't want to, because that's what I had to give more. The days that I wasn't motivated are the days that I had to push harder and I had the best workout or I ate the best or I did the best. Yeah. I've never been ashamed of myself getting off of a treadmill. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> even if I kind of mailed it in that day, at least I didn't, at least I did something better you know, right. how um, often have you gotten off the treadmill or man, I wish I hadn't worked out today. I've never, yeah, that's a good no. point. Yeah. <laughs> but it really is. It's like you said, it's a matter of, okay, I want to do this now, but I need to do this for me. I think it's funny. There's a thing called the Parkinson's principle and it has nothing to do with the Parkinson's disease, but it says, you know, if you have 80 minutes to do something, you will take 80 minutes to do it. 
And so I forever be like, okay, well, I should probably go exercise, but I'm going to do the podcast first. Well, that means I'm not going to exercise because I will take the podcast and do whatever. So I started, I I found a way and I mapped out basically about a mile and a half walk that's fairly flat around my neighborhood. And I just started doing that during the summer. And you know what? As much as I thought, oh, if I go walking, I probably won't have time to do the podcast. uh, No, I still did or whatever it was that, that needed to be done. It was just a case that. When I got back, maybe I wasn't multitasking and watching Netflix while I did this. I just did the thing. And so a lot of times the whole, oh, I don't have time. It's like, eh, I think it do. Yeah. And then, like I said, I was kind of, and now that it's getting cold here in Ohio, I've moved it to the treadmill. And so it's just a matter of getting that habit uh, kind of going so that I, 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 that voice in my head of, well, then you're not going to have time to do whatever. It's like, yeah. well, that's kind of lost its whatever. It, it doesn't make sense anymore because I've proven it wrong. Right. And it's it's interesting you say that because as much as discipline can be a habit, as can procrastination. Mm. You know, and I find in a lot of women I talk to, it's not a time problem. It's a priority problem. Mm. If you're not prioritizing your health, your weight loss, Whatever you prioritize, you make time for. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. So what are you making a priority? That's it. We find time for what we want to do. Right. It's the new episode of Grey's Anatomy, though. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way I could watch that later. Of course not. Walk in place. I always tell them (laughs) there's I have no excuse workouts. And I, mm. I am not a fan of exercise. I'm going to tell you, I didn't start working out till I was probably about 60 pounds down. Mm-hmm. And even that, I think a fitness guru would probably argue with me about what I was really doing. I would turn on the Golden Girls on the Hallmark Channel in the morning and I would literally walk around my kitchen and I would do two miles in my kitchen just walking. I do almost 10,000 steps, you know, in the morning. What did I In the kitchen. In the kitchen. It was a no excuse workout and I actually came to enjoy it. It became part of my routine. If you are prioritizing something, you find time to do what needs to be done. Either that or you'll find an excuse. You'll find That's a it. way or an excuse. You've heard yeah. that. Well, one of the other yep. is going to be there waiting for you. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So the first one again, consistency, not intensity. Number two, self-love and self-care. Number three is discipline. Anything else before we move on to number four? I want to drop in there. None of this has to be perfect. Mm. It's the one thing I learned. So many people come up with this all or nothing mentality. And I want to add this because it is so important. How many times have you ate a burger for lunch and you're like, well, my day is blown. I might as well have pizza for dinner or two beers and you blow the day and it happens to be a Thursday and you're like, well, whatever. It's the weekend. I'll just start again on Monday. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then, you just blew off half the week. Right. And then you Monday yourself to January. Mm. And all of a sudden, the 30 pounds you lost is back and then an extra five or 10 for good measure. And then you're actually starting over. So it doesn't have to be perfect, just consistent. Develop the mindset. I have a mindset. Every day is a new day, period. It's not starting over. I start where I am every day with the same feeling of urgency as January 3rd, 2020, when I started. Mm. But no day is perfect. But every day I go to bed, I'm going to do better tomorrow. And you know, I do. Is it perfect? Nope. But it's progress. 
Yeah, just because you had a flat tire does not mean you get out and stab the other three tires and go, all right, well, that's it. Doesn't, doesn't I love it. that is a really good analogy, though. I love yeah. that. I might have to use that. Yeah, feel free. <laughs> I, I think I got it from, uh, I think I heard that from Jillian Michaels, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, that's fantastic. But yeah, it is. And if you can, that's something that I am trying to work on, which is, okay, I ate something that I probably shouldn't have. And then just like, okay, well, let's turn this around now. Let's make the next meal a salad or something right. like that instead of waiting yeah. till even. And that's, it's hard to do because you, it's, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect, yep. but as long as you're focused and you're trying to get back to, you know, good habits. Yep. Every uh, choice it, is a chance. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So number four is accountability. What do you think that really means? So I had several clients who would cringe when I would talk about accountability, like to the point of tears. They So I had to mm. kind of dig and figure out what is going on. Why are you pushing back here? Because at some point, accountability meant being shamed for not mm. following through. That is the furthest thing from accountability. Accountability is just owning your results. That's it. It's somehow keeping track through the week, not to shame yourself. It's curious. What happened this week? Oh, well, I did really well. So when you own your results, you own the good ones and you own the bad ones. It's a way to keep track of what's going on. Because if you're bloated, you can go back and you can say, hey, I ate X, Y, Z. That's why. And you learn. Being accountable isn't about being shamed or punished. And there's so many ways you can do it. If you have the wrong accountability partner, I guarantee you, you're going to push back because that accountability partner is going to be like, should you be eating that? Mm. What's in that cup? Is that your third scoop of ice cream? (laughs) Are you going to work out today? And guess what? Do you want to do you want to do it or do you want to eat a second scoop of ice cream? (laughs) Heck yeah. I'm going to eat the whole pint. So what's a good accountability partner sound like? A good accountability partner cheers you on. Hmm. What happened today? Had a rough day. I don't really want to work out. I get it. How are you feeling? I'm angry. Yeah. You want to go get something to eat? And all of a sudden you're like, probably not. Your accountability partner might say, we could go get something to eat, but what if we took a walk? Yeah. Your accountability partner gives you the grace that you should be giving yourself. I made a bad choice today. Did you log it? I did. Did you journal? I did. What was going on? I, You know, my boss is a rat fink and he's a jerk. And so I always say, well, I want you to log days like that because that's the key to you taking the fork away from your boss, away from your circumstance. Because so many times I hear it all the time. I had a bad day. So I ate a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Well, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Log it, but let's dig deeper. Again, it goes back to the critter brain who the only solution they have for that problem, your boss being a jerk, is ice cream because it's comfort. Yep. So I always say, make a list of other things that might bring you comfort. 
and refer to that list when you have that feeling. Accountability helps you do that. It helps you understand why you're doing certain things. It doesn't mean you're never going to eat the ice cream. It's just then you start to pay attention because so many times I go, I'm eating it because it tastes good, but I ignore how it's actually making me feel. Oh, that's a big one. Right? Yeah. I can't, I've noticed, I started doing exactly what you're talking about. I, 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 and you bring up this point and it's great because when you start to do this, you start to dig a little deeper. Like I had a thing a couple weeks ago and it's a quarter to midnight and I'm getting ready to pour myself a bowl of cereal. And I was like, (laughs) why am I eating cereal when it's almost midnight? And I was like, oh, because I have to go start a PowerPoint for a talk that I have to do. And I really should, I'm not nervous about it, but it's a new thing. And I, I need to figure out what I'm going to say when I'm just like, and I was like, so you're not really hungry because your stomach's not growling. I'm not even remotely. I'm like, you're just, you just don't want to go do the work that you don't yes. know what you want to do. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? That's right. And I was like, you know what? I need another glass of water then or something that's, right. that's healthy if I'm feeling remotely like that. But yeah, I love that idea of, of, you know, holding yourself accountable not shit. And I didn't go like, Oh, you idiot. I was like, Oh no, that's what's going on. All right. I got, <laughs> yeah. I see what it is. Yeah. So that's great. And that's great when you reach that point, because it doesn't start that way. It is very no. much against the grain and accountability is something where you feel shame, but it's a lot deeper than that because at some point you shamed yourself or you had somebody who shamed you, whether it was a partner, a spouse who you say you're on a diet and they think they're being supportive because I mean, I'm, yeah. they think they're being supportive. And my husband occasionally does that. He'll say, what are you doing? And at the onset, I probably would have gave him a throat punch or something <laughs> because I didn't ask for your right. input here. Uh, but now when he does it, sometimes I say, I'm getting something to eat. And he'll know by my tone that I've made a decision right. uh, because right. that's something we talk in dieting. I don't cheat. Everybody, everybody says, oh, you can have any cheat day. I was like, I don't cheat. And they were like, oh, so you're perfect. No, that's not. I, I choose. I don't cheat. Cheating implies I'm doing something wrong and you create this dynamic with food. And I don't use a lot of people use a term relationship. That's something. uh, Food's not a person. I don't have a relationship with food. (laughs) I have a relationship with myself. And so I'm choosing And so I try to steer people away from using that terminology, even though it is widely used when we're talking about people who are struggling with weight loss, they have to change their relationship with food. No, actually they don't. They have to change their relationship with themselves and break up with food and figure out why they think they need a relationship with food. Yeah. So absolutely. So that's, it gets kind of complicated and you know, it's a hard thing because the why why do you want to lose weight? You get a lot of, I want to fit into my clothing. And when you, well, what's important about that? Well, you know, as you dig down, it, it turns into, I don't feel sexy anymore for my husband. And all of a sudden yeah. you're like, oh, wait, we have, you know, so your why is your relationship is suffering. You know, so you, the whole weight loss is tied to, I think, just about everything in our lives. Yeah. It's to me always the classic symptom of something that's, probably much deeper that you're not absolutely acknowledging. And like you said, it's an easy fix. We get the dopamine kick when we 
chomp on a bunch of sugar. You yep. feel better for Five minutes. a minute and a half. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then this self-loathing starts. I always say you're not going to find the answers at the bottom of Ben and Jerry's, but you will find yeah. a handful or so of uh, self-loathing and regret. <laughs> yeah. And I know, especially now, I mean, we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, but I mean, I always kind of laughed and said COVID-19, where the 19 stands for how much weight did you gain? Right. <laughs> you know, how, many, how many pounds did you gain? Yep. But we have been kind of isolated. Is that something that's also, you know? Yes. And I'm glad you brought that point up because I wanted to, to say that if you don't have an accountability partner, just don't isolate yourself. Community mm. is important. There are so many people that are going through the same struggles. It's amazing how many people say, oh my gosh, I can so relate to that. I can so relate to that. Find a community that you trust. Join a small group, your church. I, you know, I am a member of a church, so I'm a part of small groups with women. Share your story, share your struggles, you know, join a bowling league. I mean, as things start to open back up, definitely don't isolate because it's, it's, it will kill your progress because you'll yeah. get into your head as even if you're turning things around. And, you know, I did do this throughout the p- pandemic, but I'm kind of different. I think I was born and bred for a pandemic. Everybody leave me alone. I didn't have to worry about the doorbell. I didn't have to worry about going anywhere. And I was really yeah. able to focus, but not everybody's like that. And I know that it did a lot of damage for for people being isolated and not being able to go out and working out. A lot of people just like to, I don't, again, didn't bother me because working out at home was what I did. But I know so many Mm. people really struggled with not being able to go to the gym. Yeah, that's, and that's where you, we kind of mentioned this earlier, you kind of have to find out what works for you. Absolutely. I, I know some people absolutely hate the gym because they feel like everybody's staring at them. And I'm like, Go to the gym and see what you stare at. You're staring at the display probably in front of you or the TV right. on the wall. You're not like staring at other people. Yep. But I understand that we all have our own different comfort levels. Yeah. And so when one of those gets pulled away, you're like, oh, I got to find a different way to to do this. It can make us a little, you know, and tracking, out of our comfort zone. That's a whole, that's, that helps you figure out what works for you. Why didn't I stick to it? Because I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, you can write a journal What did I do this week that I didn't like? What did I do? Because your body is the ultimate dietary authority. There is no diet on earth that can tell you what your body needs. If you're paying attention, your body's going to tell you what it needs. It's going to tell you what it likes. And you know what you like. You know the life you want to live. If you're being accountable and you're tracking and kind of keeping a journal, and I'm not saying counting calories. That's not what I'm saying at all. Saying just keep a, a journal of things. I didn't enjoy that. Probably won't do it again. So what am I going to replace it with? So when you're trying to kill a bad habit, you can't just kill it and walk away. You have to replace it with something. Right. So what are you going to do instead of eating that bowl of cereal, Dave, before you, you know, what are you going to do instead? I'm going to have a glass of water. I'm going to take a walk around the neighborhood. I'm going to just go start working. I'm going to five, four, three, two, one it. (laughs) That's it. Because once I started, it was a piece of cake, right. but it was the, right. the like, oh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to say. And it's like, once I sat down, it was a piece yep. of and cake. And that's self-talk. So. so once again, we're talking ourselves into and out of action. And then number five is patience. And this, my friend, is the most underutilized strategy mm. in weight loss in anything. Because I, 
I want some patience right now. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm going to tell you, put it on record. There is no magic pill. Mm. There is no magic fix. If they tell you it's quick, if they tell you it's easy, if they tell you can eat what you want, run. It's not true. It is consistency. It is patience. It is frustration. It is digging your heels in. It is marrying yourself to a process that doesn't seem like it's working, but I promise you it is. Rome was not built in a day. <laughs> well, that's the thing I always, I mean, you mentioned it. You started, you, I think you said when you were 19 is when you kind of first hit and you're like, and then it was years later. So it took a while to, to get to the size where you're like, okay, I got to do something. And then we want it gone in, you know, a week and a half right. and it took us years so uh, it didn't, we didn't get to that size quickly and it, it kind of feels like it at times, yeah. but we're definitely not going to get back to the size quickly. And I know a lot of times it seems unfair because it'll take you a week to lose, you know, two pounds and then it'll take a half hour to, to gain it back. But it's, I love the fact that you said, you know, when you find that process and the, uh, whatever you're doing that's working, don't lose faith. Cause that little voice in your head is going to see, say, see, I told you it wasn't going to work, right? but I love the fact that uh, you do have to be patient. Otherwise, the journey is not linear. Mm. It's a little bit of a roller coaster and there's going to be plateaus and there's going to be times that you just have to remind yourself what you're in it for. And for me, it stopped being about weight loss, about 30 pounds in and became a journey of health and figuring out who I was and how can I truly change and make a difference and show up for myself and for others. And it became so much bigger than losing weight. But patience was, you know, who doesn't want to wake up after eating a salad and be a size two? I mean, I had a salad today. What do you mean I gained a pound? Yeah. But what happens if all of a sudden you're eating salad and you keep gaining? Guess what your body's saying? Some people bloat. Some people have issues with digestion eating that stuff. Right. Gluten allergies. Dairy allergies, you know, I get what else? Soybean allergies, what, whatever it is. If you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. And you're going to think I've done everything. I've tried everything, but I guarantee you probably didn't try consistency. You probably didn't sh try showing up every single day, whether yesterday was good or not. And I could say this and some people might get mad because I did try everything. No, actually you didn't because yeah. I'd have that argument. Nothing works for me. Mm. Well, here I stand 117 pounds lighter because I decided this time I cannot fail. I put myself in prison and there is nobody coming for me. You know, there's no bail. Can you remember the time or, or whatever that really, I guess, kind of spurred you on it that changed like from whatever the last fed diet you were on? Can you think of what really kind of just for lack of a better phrase, reality came up and smacked you in the face and you said, okay, I got to try a new thing or something like that. Can you think of anything like that? The very moment I know exactly mm. where I was at. I was up at the airport at an airport in California. I did a lot of traveling with my husband's business and traveling was a stressful thing for me. Not because I didn't like to travel. I love to travel, but my size you know, getting on a plane, everybody knows that even the average size person 
doesn't have a whole lot of room on an airplane. So that would stress me out. So I would always go up to the desk and ask for a pre-board because I could get on the plane before anyone else. And I fly Southwest, which they board in groups and it's open seating. So the earlier you're on the plane, the better options in seats. And so I would get a pre-board so I could be one of the first people on the plane, pick my seat. And I used to carry seatbelt extenders because I couldn't, the seatbelt wouldn't close. And so if I'm getting on the plane and everybody else is on the plane, I would turn around. My butt would knock over your drink. I mean, and we laugh, but that's not a joke. It happened, you know, turn around. And when your stomach is knocking into somebody and their phone falls because your stomach, I mean, again, wish I was making that up. So it You know, and it's not like they were mean, but you can see the looks. People say things without saying them. So I would always pre-board. I went up to the desk and I asked the woman if I could get a pre-board because I had some anxiety. And she kind of tilted her head at me and she said, honey, you know, you can get a seat for free. And I stood there dumbfounded because she was kind. She wasn't being mean. But she was basically saying, I know why you want to get on the plane early. You're pretty heavy. Like it dawned on me that people saw me as big as I was. Mm -hmm. So I was making myself small so that people wouldn't know I was big. But I was acutely aware of how large I was and said, I have anxiety. I need to get on the plane first. And she knew right away. I burst into tears, of course. And she's like, I am so sorry. I was like, it's not you. And then I thought, right. I said, but if you give me the seat, it's open seating. I'm going to have to tell people that I had to buy two seats. So that was just like this whole, and that was in the end of October of 2019 that happened. So that stung. And I came home and knew I had to do something, but just, I couldn't bring myself to. And at the end, you know, and of course <laughs> it's Halloween and it's uh, November. How do you start a <laughs> diet in November? Right. <laughs> Again, it goes to just start. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to start. If you keep waiting next year, you're going to be mad. Like imagine where you'd be if you'd started. So it was that moment that I knew, and I didn't start officially until January of 2020, but that was the moment that I realized that I was on the precipice of being on 600 pound life. And I know that might sound crazy and even like a little embellished, but I watched that show and I, I related, I actually related Mm. everybody's, you know, my family would be like, how do they get like that? And I was like, I know how they get like that Yeah, because you know what that food's doing to you as you're eating it, you know, and you can't stop. And so that's where I was. And that's as raw. I just, I knew I was at the point where I might have trouble taking care of myself if I didn't stop. I woke up in January, said, that's it. I <laughs> threw away all of the junk food because I went intensity. That was because that's all I knew. So right. I literally emptied cabinets. My family came home and was like, mom, where, where's all the food? <laughs> My husband's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was like, if I have to suffer, so do you guys. <laughs> that probably went over well. <laughs> <laughs> they got over it. You know, they went to the grocery store, but nobody got anything for a long time. I had to triggers food that I knew that I stay away from. I did have to keep out of the house until I figured it all out. I will take different routes. Cause if I see a yeah. dairy queen, it's hard to not go in there. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. but 
Well, you do have a website. It's uh, bigfatskinnydish.com. Tell us a little bit about what we can find at your website. So currently you can find recipes and a little bit about my journey. I am actually in the process of rebuilding my website to include some coaching and other resources as I continue to build my business. I went through health coach school, so I am an empowerment coach and I help. My focus is weight loss and, and better health but really empowering people to find their answers internally instead of looking externally because our bodies were made to serve us and we work against them a lot of the time. Well, that, and we're all, we all have different issues and different needs and things like that. And it's the one size fits all does not typically fit. It doesn't. And I don't care. I don't care who you are, any diet you're on. And again, I just want to end with these five principles. I've applied them throughout my life over the years, but never as a foundation altogether. So incorporating any of these five steps, you're going to see some positive results. But if you don't make it a foundation for everything you're doing, you're always going to be missing that piece and end up sort of spinning your wheels. You started, you said you started off with one little thing (laughs) and that's really kind of where, where it all starts. You got to find something like, okay, I can give up this or whatever it is. I can start doing that. One little thing will get you going in. It'll start reversing itself and working on your self-talk and everything else. And all of a sudden you'll look up and go, Hey, this is seems to be, what do you know? The scale is going down and things like that. Small hinges swing big doors. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. I'm a cliche queen. I know them all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your story. I deeply appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a sincere pleasure. We'll definitely have to have you back again. I would love that. Oh, man, that was a great conversation. And for me, I think it's that first one, consistency. And I love the fact you said it doesn't have to be perfect. Like today, as I record this, is Friday. I exercised Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And today, for whatever reason, couldn't get it out on the bike. And uh, I did do some treadmill today and things like that. Not perfect again, but still in the habit of exercising. So it doesn't have to be perfect. When you think about it, if we go four out of five, that's 80%. That's a pretty good rate. I As long as I'm not just going crazy on the two days off. Oh, it's a cheat day. No, that's that's a bad habit to get into. So, again, you can find her over at BigFatSkinnyDish.com, and I'll definitely be having her back on the show. And until then, thank you so much for listening. If you know somebody who would really get something from this podcast, and you want to share it with them, do it now. Go to your phone, and there's probably some sort of little share button there. If you know somebody who could benefit from this, maybe they're beating themselves up, things like that, help get them back on track. Share that with that one friend, or just tell them to go to LogicalLoss.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, make your next meal a good one. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. 
Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Yes, I'll have to.